Welcome, everyone, to the Game Ball Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Schuster. Joining me tonight are Mark Myers and Jenny Aquino. Tonight, we'll be discussing our favorite gaming Christmas memories and the massive elephant in the room, Cyberpunk 2077. And, of course, we're going to be reviewing our retro roulette game, Suikoden, for the Sony PlayStation. But before we get to all of that, what have you guys been playing? Jen. So I've really been playing most of the same games that I talked about on our last podcast, um, which I'm not complaining about. Um, I've kind of been in a groove lately uh, between switching switching between a few different games. So obviously I've been playing a lot of Dead by Daylight, actually probably rivaling as much as I used to play when I first discovered the game. Maybe not as much, but I'm getting there. Um, I'm trying really hard to rank down. Our ranks just reset on the 13th, so... I got bumped back up to green ranks, so I'm trying to get back into purple ranks, which was the lowest I've ever gotten before my PS4 broke originally. So I am grinding away at Dead by Daylight, uh, even off stream. Do you do you want to uh, kind of explain what ranking down means? Because most people sure. don't know what that. What that yeah, means. and then on top of that, usually you'd want to rank up. You'd right, think. exactly. But Dead by Daylight uh, does their own ranking system where you start out at level 20. Um, and every, I haven't actually counted to see how many levels you have to rank down before you get to a new color, but every, I would say five to six, uh, numbers that you rank down from 20, you change to a different color bracket. And it's basically just indicating your skill as a player and the difficulty level of the other players that you're going to be coming up against and working with, I should say as well. Um, so it goes from 20 down to one. One is uh, the red ranks, so I believe levels four through one are like the top ranks that you can be in the game. So that's what everyone, most people, I should say, actually want to get to the red ranks. So that's, you know, really just for bragging rights. But honestly, when you get to the red ranks, you're a really good player. You know all the little things about the game um, and you probably most of the time survive if you're a survivor and kick ass if you're a killer. Um, so I made it to purple ranks, which is level seven. It's the lowest I've ever been so far. So that's, um, getting there, but I still have, you know, a lot more practicing to do. I've been uh, watching videos of other streamers who are really good at the game and, you know, they're suggesting tips that I didn't even know about. So there's just a ton. It's crazy. There's a ton of strategy in this game that you might not realize by looking at it. Um, but I'm trying to absorb as much of that as I can. So yes, the point, the point is to rank down, not up, I guess, is the the summary of the ranking system. It's amazing to me that this game has such a shelf life. It came yeah. out in 2016, right? It did, yeah. Yeah, it's um I was just telling Dan about this before. Uh I I think Left 4 Dead was like my gateway to this game because I was obsessed with Left 4 Dead. Mm-hmm. Um and then Call of Duty Zombies obviously I really like too, but this is the first game really of its kind. It's just really unique. I was telling Dan like where did they come up with the idea that you have to power up generators to escape a killer? Like, it's just so weird, but it works somehow. Um, and I think they just keep coming out with new killers, all the skins, of course, which is super big in most video games right now, the PvP aspect of it. And players are just getting so good at it that there's so much competition that, you know, people just keep coming back for more. And they keep producing some new stuff, too. So I'm really glad that the the devs are putting a lot of work into the game still that they're not just kind of you know sitting back and letting it do its thing so i'm excited to see you know what else comes out of this game i'm really enjoying it i haven't gotten bored with it i get really frustrated with it at times because there's a lot of uh i hate using this word toxic 
because I feel like it's so overused, but I guess there's no other way to put it. There's a lot of toxic people that play the game. Well, um, you know, trolls, they just, you know, want to make someone mad and rage quit, which I don't do, but I do get mad. Well, any big multiplayer games that happens, it happened mm-hmm. in Halo, Call of Duty, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. just it's just the name of the game. Whatever is the most popular, it happened in Fortnite and everything else. So, yep. yeah, it's, it's just bound to happen. And I never like playing Call of Duty and Halo. I never really cared. Like, I would care if people were, you know, teabagging and, and camping and stuff, but. For some reason, the rank the ranking system in this game is so difficult because you have to achieve certain tasks in the game to what they call pip up. So you could be, say, level 20 and you have to um, do really well in all the objectives of the match. And if you get enough points, you get a little check mark under your number. And in the upper levels, you start out only needing three check marks to get to the next level down. But the further down you go, the more objectives you have to meet and the more check marks you have to get or pips as they're called to level down. So if you're up against a bunch of trolls who are trying to just mess with you, they can set you back from all the hard work that you've done in all your past games and you could derank super fast. So it's just, it's very frustrating sometimes, but again, that's probably part of the reason I like it is because it's like a high stakes kind of game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would definitely recommend it to people who, I mean, I've talked about it a billion times and I play it all the time, but I recommend it to anyone who just, Likes horror games, obviously, but also wants to try a a different kind of horror game. It's, you know, I think Friday the 13th was the only one that was pretty similar to it. And I believe that game is no longer being updated. So um, even if someone out there liked that game and wants to try this one, if you haven't yet, I would definitely recommend doing so because it's a lot of fun. Um, Yeah, but besides that, I've been playing a bit of Phasmophobia, still playing by myself, which is really sad. (laughs) Um, I watched this uh, a few streamers play the game because playing by myself, it's really difficult. Um, and one of them mentioned that the game developer has upped the difficulty of the ghosts in the game. So I guess it's probably because some people are like at level, oh, well over level 1,000, I'll say at this point, like 3,000, I think I saw somebody online, which is wild. I can't even imagine playing that game that much, but... Um, I guess they figured it was time to make it more challenging because these people are like level 3000 already. So I, I did notice I was playing yesterday by myself. I did notice that um, even on the smallest map, it was a lot harder to get evidence of the ghost without being in the house for a long time. And when you play by yourself, the ghost only has one target. So that yeah. was challenging. But, you know, so far, so far, I've been doing OK. I think I'm like level 20, <laughs> not 3000, not even close, but still having fun with that. Um I got back into ESO again. Uh, I was, yeah, <laughs> I was watching my cousin's stream. She's a big ESO player, and she invited me to her guild. She's like, do you want to join our guild? And I was like, I don't know. I really can't contribute. I haven't played in that long. I don't play that much. And she's like, it's okay. So I joined, and everyone was super nice. So I was like, all right, I'll try getting back into this. So that's that's about it. I went back through the tutorial because I haven't played it in, like, months. Maybe, well, maybe, like, a month and a half, I'll say. Um so that's that's been fine. Um, obviously, I've been playing Warzone with you guys on stream. Um, still dabbling with Mist now and again, and then I'm still going through the mobile game Merge Dragons. Mm-hmm. So nothing new to report there. It's very repetitive, but that's why I like it. It's like a good. I'm not tired enough to go to bed yet, but I don't want to do anything else, so I'll just fall asleep playing this random game. That's that's what Merge Dragons is for me. So <laughs> <laughs> that's about it, though. Those are all the games I've been playing recently. That's good. Yeah. A lot of good stuff. How about you, Mark? Yeah, so um, 
only been playing a couple games. Um, I don't know um, if I I had yeah I had done it by the time for the previous podcast. You know I saw credits on Bug Snacks. Uh, I think I mentioned that last time because um, I haven't really done much because I've been concentrating on playing Cyberpunk um, for the most part, um, which I'll talk about at the end. But I did play one other new game outside of my normal Fuser Hades you know NBA 2K1 um, mashup that I do. Um, I played a game called that came out earlier this year called Yes Your Grace. Um, it's like a uh, I guess it's a pseudo adventure text adventure game sort of um, where you play the king um, and uh, sort of you're going through. You have like family problems. You get choices that determine the outcome. You also have people come to your throne to like ask for favors or to tell you to investigate things, and you sort of divvy up um, how you want to do that. Um, and you can spend your gold or your supplies that you have, and you just got to not go to zero on both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, it's a resource management game in that sense. Um, you also make deals with a, a couple of, you know, foreign leaders. You help them out. There's a big twist in the story that happens after what is technically, I would assume, it's a tutorial, like the first six weeks of the game, because it, it's like a weekly, like you click, and it's like a week in time or whatever. Um, it's, it's one of those pixel art games. It's pretty cool. Um, I saw somebody stream it back in February and so I got to the halfway point of the game by watching them. So I kind of know the story up to then. Um, but I'm curious to see if I play it differently. Um, if I get uh, sort of a different outcome for that middle part, but it's pretty good. It was, um, it's available for game pass. If you guys have game pass, um, uh, feel free to check it out. It, it's pretty quick, small download. Um, yeah, I think it's a sort of game, you know, if Jen had Game Pass, I don't know if you have it for PC, which is where it's at, um, you know, checking it out. Okay. But, um, you know, because it's set in like, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, Game of Thrones sort of time frame. Yeah, I like that already. Um, so, um, point that, um, downloaded a couple things I haven't gotten to, which I might um, get to, you know, for the for the uh, episode, uh, for first episode of next year. Um uh, Tell Me Why, which is in the newest Dotnod game, um, the people that made Life Strange. Um, I want to get through that before the end of the year to see if that ends up popping into my top five. Um, only because, and that leads me into my last one, um, uh, there is a very tenuous hold on the number five by one Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> um, it It's good. Um, not what I was expecting. Um, it's a little less, at least from what I played of the first 12 hours of the game. Um, it's not as beholden to, um, your choices per se yet. Um, maybe I'll find out in later hours or something I decided, um, uh, comes back. But the two choices that I've had, um, uh, seemingly have either bugged out or cracked or something happened where it didn't recognize I made that choice. Um, like the example is I did something and chose the thing where I decided not to take something from someone and like be a good guy or woman in this case, since my V is a lady. Um, and like an hour later, I got a phone call from them going, Hey, how's my thing doing? And I was like, uh, what? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't make that choice. (laughs) So I'm just hoping that's not, you know, a thing going forward where they don't recognize that stuff because. You know, um, but gameplay is fun. Shooting is okay, but not great. Playing with the katana, I wish was better, but it 
does do the dismemberment, which is what you want in a katana game. Um, uh, The one funny thing um, that's annoying with it, um, which I'll get into a lot of this this stuff later, spoiler and story wise, when we do our, you know, list for the either next episode or the episode after, um, is that the uh, the AI for the cars is broken. Like there's a few things that are broken. Well, I'm just saying, yeah. We're, we have a whole thing to discuss this game coming up. So I'm just saying little things that we probably wouldn't all bring up. Um, and the sheer fact that if you park your car, like not park, just stop it, get out, go do something and run back. The cars just line up behind you. Yep. They don't drive around you. They seem to be set on a singular path, mm-hmm. you know, and the way they get away with not having too many cars on screen is they do the trick that was like done 10, 15 years ago with like, Grand Theft Auto 3, is when you turn away and you turn back, it's gone. The car. Right. Yeah. Or the people. That's how they get. Like, I had a whole thing where I snuck up and killed all these people that were surrounding uh, these kids in an alley. And I got rid of them all, you know, got it, turned around to look for the kids, and they were all gone. They were sitting there. And not that they had ran away. They just, they were there. I turned, turned back. They were gone. Hmm, weird like, so doing it to know, free up resources yeah <laughs> yeah it's re- it's really weird like it's stuff that has been solved in fallout for christ's sake um that that i'm um, upset is still here um but the world is beautiful i'm still having fun with the game um it's just one of those that is not going to be you know top echelon it's barely in the top five now um so that's why i'm playing through a couple more games um to see if anything can top it uh, before I set all my top five, but I'd recommend anyone out there, unless if you absolutely, unless you need to play it or you have a really good PC, if you have a good PC, go ahead and get it. It it works 99% of the time on there. Yeah. It has the bugs and jank, but that's open world games have those. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're getting it on console or looking to get it on console, hold off until you either get a new console or just pray that your Xbox, I, I know Tom has it on console. Um, pray that your Xbox One X or PS4 Pro can handle it. Um, because if you have the base um, yeah. ones, don't even touch it. it. It's not worth it at all. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's. I'll probably be talking about this game a bunch for the next couple weeks as I get through it. And I hope to get your opinion as you guys, um, well, Tom especially, and if Jenna ends up getting it, um, you know, just see what our different, you know, um, experiences are with it. Yeah. So that's that's a. It's about all I've been playing. Hopefully, I'll have other things to talk about than Cyberpunk next week. Next all episode. right. And I guess I'll start with I've been playing Cyberpunk. I have not <laughs> played nearly as much as Mark. I've kind of been afraid to because I started and I got through the character creation and I did like the first intro mission. And I was like, OK, cool. Um, And then I didn't play it for a couple of days and then everything started happening which we'll talk about in a minute. But then I was like, I don't know if I should, I don't know if I should really continue playing until they sort this stuff out. Then they're like, oh, we're going to put out a patch and it's going to be fine. And I waited for the patch and I played for like an hour, maybe. I got into the first set of real missions um, where you do the, I don't know if it's, I I, I picked the Nomad, so I'm not sure if my stuff's going to line up with yours, Mark. Where no, they do I, the, I, I just street kid. I did the brain, the first brain dance with the to to get 
used to uh, the place you have to go in the first mission. Yeah. Uh, and I've just kind of been holding holding there for the moment. I haven't had anything weird happen. I'm playing on Xbox One X because I said I wasn't going to get a new console because of all the shit that's been going down and you can't get them and every, you know, everything else. I figured I would just wait until they figure it all out. Maybe even wait till the the first revision. So I figured Xbox One X is the most powerful last gen console. So it should run okay. Not so much. It it runs it runs okay, like twenty five to thirty FPS, and it runs at a pretty high uh, high resolution. It's like I don't know, it's like twelve hundred P or something like that. If you go watch Digital Foundry, they they did a whole rundown of every console and what what it runs best on which they actually said the console it runs best on that's not new is the ps4 pro surprisingly enough because it runs at a lower resolution but the frame rate's higher so there are a few things i've noticed though like when you get in a car the frame rate just tanks i don't know what it is about getting in a car but it goes from being pretty smooth to like awful immediately like it's like 10 fps or 15 fps when you get in a car and i don't know i don't know why nothing changes you're just in a car um but yeah and the the driving the driving is not great either like controlling controlling a car in this game is very difficult i don't know if it's just because the frame rate's so bad and it's laggy or if it's just not good at all usually i will get in the passenger seat if i'm going to do anything where i i don't need to be driving um yeah i i i've i've never i've only driven if twice so far and it's only I've been using the fast travel system like crazy. Um, the only times I've driven is when after you're you're not even here yet. When the whole map opens up to you after the mm-hmm. lockdown. Yeah. Um, driving if you don't if you haven't already been a place you don't unlock the fast travels. So driving across to the other sections of Night City is the only time I've been in a car and I haven't had an issue. Um, yeah. With the yeah, traffic sure frame rate. I'm sure it's but, just a console thing. Yeah. All right. But um, I'm all right. I'm I'm not gonna talk about it anymore because we got we're gonna talk about it for like an hour I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I did beat a game this week. Oh, I beat it? Dirt. I beat Dirt Five. <laughs> nice. Like it's it's one of those games where like how do you beat a racing game? Well, there's a story in this game. Um, because they hired they hired Nolan North and uh, what's his name? Troy Baker. Uh, Troy Baker in this game. Uh, to to be like rival race car drivers yeah and i and troy baker's the guy he kind of takes you under his wing and he's your mentor and all this other crap and you have to beat nolan north in a race but you have to go through like 20 like boss races so you have to do boss races on top of normal races and then eventually you get to the end which is a race against uh nolan north's character whose name is bruno like what it's such a weird name for a nolan north character his name is Bruno Durand. I'm like, it sounds like a radio host. And I'm pretty sure there is a, a, a radio host that has a very similar name to that. Uh, and you have to beat him, and then you get credits. And then the Troy Baker character is like, I know, you, I, I think I'm coming back. Uh, so you're going to have to race me next. You have to race him to finish, really finish the game. So did that. I got credits, so I beat it. So is I'm he, like, is all he, right. Is he secret bad guy? No, surprisingly not. Okay. There's, I mean, it's very clear that Nolan North is the bad guy the whole game. He's just an asshole. The whole. Oh, the so whole he's Nolan North. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> he's just an asshole. Sorry if you listen, Nolan. I did uh, not mean. That. 
uh, he he does it. He he does do a good job playing an asshole. So it and also the guys from Donut Media. If you if you're on YouTube and you watch car stuff, Donut Media is a very big car channel, and they have like running commentary throughout the whole thing. They do like a podcast throughout the whole game, and they talk to the other characters to keep you informed on what's happening in the story. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, even though, you know, it's a new, new gen game on an old console, it still played really well. Um, and it looked great. Uh, and like I said, some weird stuff, there's some weird race types that just are still not very good, but for the most part, I had a lot of fun with it. And I actually went and played Dirt 3 after that to kind of like compare because Dirt 3 is my favorite Dirt game, uh, probably my favorite racing game and Dirt 3 still Still way better, but um, I enjoyed the time with Dirt 5. Um, on top of that, I also made the mistake of purchasing Assassin's Creed Valhalla a week before Cyberpunk came out, uh, and I have no clue what's happening in that game. Not a clue. So I'm going to kind of spoil something that happens in the first mission, uh, but I thought it would be way more important, but apparently it's not. So in the opening cutscene... There's a dude who raids your family's uh, village or whatever and kills your your parents. And in the first mission, you kill him. Like, oh, yeah. I figured he was going to be the bad guy the whole time. But yeah. you kill him in the first mission. So I'm like, all right, so what do I do now? Like, what, <laughs> what's what's <laughs> so uh, I, I kind of have been debating to whether or not to just play that and not play cyberpunk yet. Or to play both of them on and off. So it's, you know, I've, I've, I've been doing mental gymnastics trying to figure that out. Um, and I also discovered a new emulator this week. Um, it's called Duck Station. It's a PlayStation 1 emulator. And it's by far the best PlayStation 1 emulator I've ever used. So if you have not heard about this yet, it's on GitHub. Uh, ETA Prime on YouTube did a video on Duck Station it just if you have a decent PC uh, that can run the Vulkan API, I recommend downloading this and using it for, with Vulkan because it runs so well, like way better than EPSXE. Because EPS, EPSXE is so old at this point, I don't think it's been updated in probably five, ten years. So this is a brand new emulator, runs really well. You can run PS1 games at 4K and it feels like a PlayStation. Like EPSXE has some issues with lag and stuff, and I'm not a huge fan of it. But um, I was playing through a bunch of games on on this emulator, and it worked really well. And I highly recommend it. You put it through the you know the paces of like okay, racing game, fighting game. Yes, exactly. RPG. I did, uh, yeah, I load like I loaded up. I loaded up Gran Turismo. Because I know how that game plays and I know how it feels. I did Tony Hawk because it's fast paced and I knew like if there was lag, it was gonna suck. Um, I think I did Battle Arena Toshinden just quickly, just to see how it felt, and it felt just as good as anything else. And um, then I loaded up Legend of Dragoon, and it looked great. It looked incredible because of the the internal upscale as opposed to just you know taking the blurry graphics and trying to make them look better. But so I recommend it. The only downside right now is it doesn't do PBP files. So you have to play bin and Q CD files. So if you have those, you have no problem. Yeah. Would, um, 
have you tried like i was just thinking about uh either i probably would be more of an eight thing but um testing what the fmvs look like with the upscaling um so grant turismo has fmvs but it's not like computer generated yeah it's like it's like a video file and it looked pretty good i have not tried an actual like fmv laden game yet um yeah Yeah, i'm assuming eight would be the easiest one because that opening is all yeah fmv and probably as good as seven is you know probably that's probably the technological you know powerhouse in terms of that video yeah, eight would definitely have better FMVs to check out. I'll have to I'll have to look at it, look at it this week because um, I plan on using the simulator a lot, um, just because of the mere fact that it plays well and I can hook up a PS4 controller to my computer and it'll play just like a PS1. So yeah, um, and I'd recommend you guys use it going forward for retro roulette. Uh, <clears throat> if you don't use a PlayStation, that is. Uh, <laughs> Oh man, Tom, you mean I have to stop going out and buying these games to play them? <laughs> these perfectly <laughs> legal games, yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, I recommend 100% checking that out if you're a PS1 fan and you are sick of the blocky square graphics and you want to upscale it internally. Go check it out. It's also on Android and uh, I think it's on Linux as well. So uh, feel free to get check it out on whatever you're using for emulation. Okay. Time to get down to brass tacks. (laughs) So, Jen, I don't know. Do you have any specific headlines you want to touch on Um, first? So we were talking about this off stream. So I'll just briefly mention I tried really hard to come up with gaming news for this for this podcast. And um, as Tom said before, the elephant in the room here is just taking over all of the news headlines for the most part. um, I believe Sephiroth made it to was a Super Smash yeah. Yes. Okay, so there's that. <laughs> and he killed Mario. He yep, killed yep. Mario. So canon, Mario and Luigi are both dead. Dun, dun, dun. I love the twist in that video, <laughs> just because the people listening to this have probably watched it, that they show that famous shot from Advent Children um, of the uh, Masamune um, going through. It's, it's not Cloud in, in Advent Children, right? I don't remember. Um, that That's no, still a wet shot. No, it's it Cloud. Is? Okay. Yeah, it's cloud. So... They show that silhouette shot, but it's Mario instead of Cloud, and then they cut back, and it's actually through Mario's suspenders and not his <laughs> and not his body. Yeah. Uh, so Sakurai having some fun with that, but yeah. it's such I want that icon that I just want that shot as like a background on my PC. Oh, I'm I am a hundred percent sure that it has already been made and yeah. it's on Reddit <laughs> it's just, or whatever. It's such a good thing, and and it leads to the memes about Sakurai going. Yeah, we'll put uh, Sephiroth in the game, but I got to do Advent Children. <laughs> sure, go ahead with yeah, Mario. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was reading up on that kind of stuff. Apparently, you have to unlock Sephiroth, but it's actually really easy, according to gamers. You can set the difficulty of the battle with him, and if you set it to easy, it's like almost impossible to lose. So, if anyone's interested in that, and, go unlock Sephiroth. I'm pretty sure he he came out early, so yeah, he did. If you have if you purchased the fighter pack, you can already try to, to battle him. I yep. saw I saw a screenshot of somebody playing with uh, seven Sephiroths and one one cloud. <laughs> I just took a screenshot of the of the opening of it. Wow, and it was pretty great. That's awesome. Um, the only other thing that I guess I can bring up is uh, for all of you Left for Dead fans out there, 
You know how like we got two games and then we we're like, we'd love more and they didn't give it to us. Well, we finally have something similar and it's called Back for Blood. Um, I believe they're doing a limited time PC trial. It's closed trial. So you do have to go apply for um, a code to be sent to you from the developers. This is kind of kind of going to be last minute news when you guys are listening to this because um, it'll be the 21st and it ends on the 21st. So log into your PC and go check it out. Um, just search Back for Blood and it'll bring you up to the developer's website. I don't know it off the top of my head, but um, just look it up, request the code, see if they'll send it to you in time for you to try it if you're interested. I've been watching some streamers play it. Um, it looks like just super upscaled Left 4 Dead from what I can see. It looks good. Which I don't know really what other... That's really all anybody wanted, right? Right, exactly. Um, I don't know what other features they're going to eventually come out with or when you know the game is going to be released completely. I have a sneaking suspicion they're trying to give Dead by Daylight a run for their money. Um, and if I had to choose between the two, as of right now, I'm still team Dead by Daylight. <laughs> but we'll see. I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to hear that there's another option out there that people might be streaming. So we'll have to see how it goes. But if you can, try to, try to play it if you're interested. Because I think... If you really liked Left 4 Dead, I think this game is going to be right up your alley as well. But that's awesome. that's really it. That's all. That's all I got. All right. Well, I guess we'll just jump right into it. Yeah. So if you have been living under a rock, uh, the most anticipated game of probably the last three to five years came out, Cyberpunk 2077, and it immediately had problems everywhere. Um, the fact that they launched it on two separate generations has caused many, many issues uh, with the last generation. Uh, so bad that Sony, uh, was it yesterday? Uh, we're recording this on Friday the 18th. So yeah, yesterday, uh, removed Cyberpunk 2077 from their digital store. This is the first time I think ever that a triple a just released title has ever been removed from a digital store this fast? I've uh, never, I've never heard of it before. Uh, unless if it was completely broken. Like the only one I can think of is, I think it was Arkham Knight on Steam, but that game like just didn't work. Like, right, but that's 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 a PC game, which yeah, not to not to downplay. It was uh, a bad being, port. Being, uh, yeah, it's a bad port. But these game, this game was supposed to be developed for the PS4. And the Xbox One. Yeah. And the fact that it does not run on the PS4 base or Xbox One, the VCR, we'll call it. <laughs> it does. The fact that it doesn't run on those, like at all, is terrible. Mm -hmm. Like, if you were going to release this game and knew that that was broken, like, what? I want to know what was going through their heads because they knew it didn't that that it didn't play well. There's yeah. no way they put this out and did not know that it wouldn't run. It's one of those things where the management just heard dollar signs and oh, yeah, just needed sure. to have it out by the end of the year for some reason. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know why they couldn't have delayed it till March until the end of fiscal year, but that's a whole conversation you'd probably need to have with the higher ups at CD Projekt Red. Um, but it is definitely not. I don't blame the team that worked on this game. No, that's yeah. For I'm sure. sure they crunched for years on this. Yeah multiple times and then the powers that be said no you got to release it as is and they were probably like it's broken what mm -hmm. do you mean release it because you know i saw the reports today from jason schreier i'm over bloomberg um basically that they were like they had like an internal meeting between the development team and the 
the like executives and they were basically just yelling at them like why why did you you know let this why wouldn't you delay this like you like we've been telling you it wasn't like this and saying like i don't know if you guys remember back in january they said that the game was playable and complete but they were just polishing it and that was the delay which now i know that's total bullshit oh yeah yeah and even (laughs) in that meeting they were like why did you guys say that when we all knew that was bullshit Right. You know, like, and then someone made a whole thing about, oh, how can we make a game about anti-corporation stuff and you guys are doing this? And I'm like, okay, that's somebody just looking to get famous on Twitter. Yeah. But <laughs> um, it, it, it still goes to the point, like, what was the incentive from the executives? Like, I, I know they had the one, bo- I know the reason they didn't send out the console versions for review is because uh, bonuses were tied to Metacritic. And it had to release this year and uh, have a 90 or better Metacritic for the bonuses to hit for, I guess, the project leads and stuff like that. So that could be one reason that, you know, they did it. I hate to tell them, though, it wasn't going to hit a 90 anywhere. No, what were they expecting, right? If if this game was not broken, I still don't think it would have been that. Yeah. Yeah, they were expecting 10. they 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 were expecting it to be rated like the dumbasses on the internet think the review system works is that, Oh, it's a big game from a triple a publisher that we've been anticipating. I'm just going to give it a 10 out of 10 without even really playing. Mm. Yep. You know, and that's not how it works. Um, as unfortunately some reviewers found out that, you know, a lot of people that never played the game before have some opinions about the game. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just a whole mess from the beginning. Um, yeah, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on this, but the only three games I can think of that were this bad um, at the beginning were Fallout 76, uh, No Man's Sky, and uh, Skyrim at the beginning. Uh, I mean, Witcher like, was pretty broken. Witcher 3 was yeah. pretty broken at launch, too. It was a buggy mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in terms of getting into the zeitgeist, I guess would be the thing. Of I don't think Witcher 3... Well, hit I, those I don't level of the other three games. I, on I the don't internet. know. That, I don't know that it's fair to put No Man's Sky in there because No Man's Sky worked. There was it, just yeah, no it was content. just a disappointment. <laughs> there was just no content. Right. That, which is totally different than this. Yeah. This is the game. The game will play, mm-hmm. but if you own an Xbox One, a uh, VCR, and a PS4, it won't. It won't even load textures. Yeah. Like the yeah. the memes I've seen of the textures look like. Final Fantasy 7 on the PS1 like those chibi <laughs> blocky graphics that's what it looks like when yeah. textures don't load in yeah I honestly out of all the games you mentioned Mark I think this is probably the worst just because of what Tom just said you can't even play like I have an original PS4 uh, the base PS4 I can't play this game if I wanted to and that's bullshit like that right there you're you're cutting out players after they've been expecting this game for years and you're going to tell me now I either have to get a PS5 or I have to get another PS4. Like, it's ridiculous. Obviously, I'm going to play it on PC, but it's just right, it's well, silly. It's well, yeah, it Exactly. It, the, the fact that it was slated to come out right. in January for this generation. Like, what? I, wa- I just want to know what happened. Like, when did they decide? Yeah, we're not we're not even going to bother. Like, was did that happen in January? Or did that happen last month when they decided it was actually going to release in December? 
I think a lot of it has to be tied to those bonus without me doing in, in independent investigation into it. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the only reason why you don't delay it again. And it seems like all the developers, whether you want to take it with a grain of salt or not, like the actual designers and artists and stuff knew this game wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the big ripple effect that it's going to have is a CD project red piss Sony off. And that's going to be mm-hmm. a great problem for them going forward. Um, for reasons outside of the game being broken. Um, and two, they ruined, like, games are going to get delayed now more than usual console mm-hmm. games. They already it, are. No, like, but I, even more, because this, um, this whole broken mess basically eliminated, especially Sony, from doing the hand-waving and certification of, oh, we'll fix it in a day one patch. Like, yeah. with all this going on, Sony's going to be like, no, you have, no, you have to have it ready now before we yeah. put it on our platform yeah you know i i do i would like to know how it passed certification like that's for, how it did they waived it there's they, special oh, they waivers just, they, that they saying, didn't even yeah oh it. we'll fix that bug in a patch don't worry about it we'll, we'll have it done day one. Oh yeah okay and they've been doing that for seven years you know since the ps4 generation yeah you know started and that is now all over <laughs> because they pissed sony off so much that sony basically probably just a got on a phone call with them and just cursed them out for an hour and then just was like, yeah, yeah, we're going to pull it from the store and we'll refund the money, but we're also going to pull it. And then I love that CD Projekt Red comes out and goes, oh, it was a mutual agreement to pull mm-hmm. it back. <laughs> like, fuck, no. Sony was like, no, go fuck yourselves for yep. throwing me us. I could even see somebody like, um, what is it? Uh, Andrew, Andrew House. I'm, I'm right. That's the head of Sony, right? Um, oh, uh... yeah, either way. Yeah. Um, but whoever, I think it's Andrew Howe. Um, I could see him, despite their rivalry, going, how dare you guys throw us and Microsoft under the bus for something that you guys did wrong? You know, no, we, we have much more power in this than you do. We don't need you to survive. <laughs> yeah. You, you yeah. need us. So, so how dare you? And then they just pulled it out. Yeah. So not only that, but today, Microsoft has also put out a statement saying that if you purchased um, if you purchased a digital copy of of this game they will also issue refunds even if you've played it over the two hour limit or whatever it was yeah and now i think cd project red is even taking returns on physical copies mm-hmm. i don't know how they're going to do it but yeah yeah they said I, that I, they're going to work as hard as they can to make sure that if you can't return it to a store that you could still get your money back from a physical copy yeah. The, at, this, at this point, I'm, I want to hang on to my copy just because <laughs> it's, it's going to go down in infamy. Yeah. It could be worth something someday, <laughs> even though that game disc has zero of what the actual game is. The the game, if, when they fix it, is going to be nothing that's on the disc. Yeah. Maybe maybe like the map. The, the map might still be on the disc, but that's about it. Everything else is going to be a downloaded patch. It's going to be like Warzone. Yeah. It's, it's just... A, it's... It's quite amazing. Like Microsoft didn't pull it from the store um, just because I think they have a lot of marketing money in it that Sony doesn't. Well, yeah, they have a so. CD. They, they have they have a cyberpunk edition Xbox that yeah. won't play the game. <laughs> That's so horrible. Yeah. So they can't they can't go as far as Sony like like they were. They were hoping this was going to be huge for them, which yeah. technically it is because it's yeah. on PC and they own all that. Yeah. Luckily. So. You know, it's not it's not killing them that much. Yeah, it's like the um, it's it's like it's like the video game version 
of finally, after seven years, some developer uh, fucked around and found out with Sony. <laughs> like, yep. like you don't do it right in a day one patch. Well, go fuck yourself. I don't care how big you are. We're going to delist you from the store and return all the money. And then which means that you need to pay us back the money we gave you for the sale. You know, like, no, this is coming out of your pocket sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and it's just it as much of a I don't like the root on corporations. I like that Sony didn't half step it because Microsoft threw them under the I mean, CD Projekt Red threw them under the bus more than Microsoft because they had the stricter return policy. Right. Um, and they instead of just going, oh, and appeasing a little bit and being like, oh, OK, we'll just refund it and we'll keep it in the store with a warning or whatever. No, they they did the most consumer friendly thing they've ever done. And we're just like, no, we're not selling a broken game. Right. You know, and just took it off. Which is um, so funny it, because you would think Sony would, you know, just yeah. do whatever they could to make money. But they're 100 percent doing something in in the consumer's favor favor for this. Yeah. And I. It, it it was it was the not to keep using internet things, but it was the it, their statement was the written the written version of the um, Jordan meme of and then I took it personally, <laughs> you know, by kicking them off the. I mean that's so, that's how we that's how we speak now is meme speak. So yeah, it's fine. like it it was it was perfect. My mm-hmm. one question before we get jump back into uh, any more of this, uh, Jen, I know you were really excited to play it. Um, does any of this lower? Uh, obviously, there's probably some lower, but um, are you still going to plan on playing it on PC, correct? Yeah, I still want to play it. Um, I'm super glad that PC is the least buggy out of all of them, um, or both of them, I should say. I would be very, very angry if I had gotten it for the PS4. Um, luckily, Warzone has taken over my entire PS4, so it doesn't matter because I can't play it anyway. <laughs> But I would have been really mad if I got this game and it didn't work on the PS4. So I, I am looking forward to, to playing it, though, still. Um, my expectations have been lowered a little bit, but I'm glad that, you know, PC has been going. Like, as you were saying, it's been going pretty well for the most part. So um, I might I might wait a little bit to get it a little bit more just so I can avoid downloading a bazillion patches. But we'll see. Yeah, at this point, um, to be honest, even if you um the get it or buy it or whatever during the holidays here mm-hmm. um i would wait to download it until the january patch to be yeah honest. that's one of the big ones right and then there's another yeah. one in, in february. february yeah yeah. i would wait until at least the january patch mm-hmm. to, to download it just because at at that point you know you've already waited three weeks from release what's another right you know month right to wait um unless if as our good friend Anthony says, unless the sun explodes and <laughs> as we all hope, um, as we all hope. you know, and, and you know, it's just a lot of this outside of the drastic measures that happened because Bethesda didn't have the balls to do what CD Projekt Red did. Um, this reminds me a lot of the uh, of the Fallout 76 launch in terms of it launched with great fanfare and everybody got in and was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, that was bad. You too. know. You know, how do you release a Fallout game with no NPCs? Like, the map is, you know, all, all like, it, it's not to this level because Bethesda didn't throw the, the two console companies, you know, like, throw them to the wolves of their fans. Well, yeah, because didn't they launch their their launcher with this game? So yeah. it was only available really 
through that for the most part. Yeah. And then well, the console was like a, a afterthought. Yeah. Yeah. For Fallout 76. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's just, it, but my point was, it's like now with Cyberpunk, every day there's a new story. Just like Fallout 76 was, you know, one day it was no NPCs, the world feels empty. <laughs> Next day it is, you know, things are crashing, there's unkillable monsters in the game. Then the next day was the bag they promised with the pre-order is a cheap piece of shit and not what they showed in the photos. Um, and it's just every day there was something negative. With, mm-hmm. And the only thing you hope for is, and CD Projekt Red does not seem like it's doing this, the only way to survive this and come out with something to where people don't res- like hate you at the drop of a hat anymore is to basically do what Sean Murray and, and, and the No Man's Sky crew did. And just go radio silent and just put your head down and work on it. You know, don't need to put out these statements all the time. You know, you put out your statements. We'll help you. Here it is. You can get refunds, blah, blah, blah. All right. We're just going to go radio silent and get the I work. also I, I have some breaking news. Yeah. There will be another hotfix released tomorrow. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming that's going to fix things like the T-poses when you ride cars. <laughs> and there's the, like a whole... There's a whole... I mean, I could... It would take me an hour to read through all this stuff that says it's fixed, but yeah. Yeah, but There's... it's just, I think my favorite one is the one where people T-pose um, while on motorcycles and they end up not having pants on. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I some... think at the end of all this, you guys are going to miss the bugs. You're going to wish oh, they were there I'm not still. Gonna, I'm not <laughs> going to miss I, any of it. I've had some real good ones. Um, I now we can talk about f- the fun part of this yeah, game. Yeah, Mark's had the fun ones. My <laughs> only one that I've had so far is in the first mission you there's like a driving section where you're 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 shooting out of the car at people mm-hmm. um and i as as this was happening it froze like hard froze mm. couldn't do anything and i was like i'm just gonna wait i'm gonna <laughs> wait I'm gonna, I'm gonna see what happens before i freak out and it recovered and just kept going like nothing happened wow. and i've heard of that happening to lo- a lot of people uh, I was watching the Digital Foundry video and they said they had a freeze last for a full like minute and a half and it recovered. But the fact that it froze hard froze for a minute and a half and just didn't do anything is ridiculous. How could yeah. that happen? Yeah, my my favorite one was the one I've told you guys. And if you watch our streams, you probably heard me tell this story um, was I was in the cafe with during a um, I'm in conversation with someone you meet. A little bit past where you are, Tom, so I won't mention names. Um, you know, so we're, we're in a diner talking. And then all of a sudden, out of the corner of my on the right side of my screen, like which would be the corner of these eyes, um, someone appears out of nowhere and the thing just pops in, T-poses <laughs> and then slides out of the diner. <laughs> Is this the new dab, the T-pose? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was just the it's not so much the T-pose like they on older systems. I think the T pose now is like the neutral position, like yeah. more arms down than straight out, uh-huh. um, which is where the term comes from. Yeah. Uh, the most famous one was the, which I actually saw live, was the uh, demo for NBA Elite 11, where at some point a player would just T pose in the center of the court and not move. <laughs> so it'd be four and five basketball for, okay. until the next whistle. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, so that was fun. Um, I've had the ones where people disappear. I had one where a guy, everything stayed in place, 
as though the guy had just been, um, you know, uh, uh, raptured into the heavens. <laughs> like, literally, his cell phone was still in midair and his gun was still in the gun holding position. But there was nothing else there. And I could just walk through it. So that this one was funny. Great. And I was also that was the main guy I had to kill. Oh, so I had to I had to circle a little bit and then he popped back in and I, you know, non-lethally took him down and got out. I had the one where I put the person after a lot of the Regina Jones missions. I don't know if you've been called by her yet, Tom. Yes. Uh, she called almost immediately. Yeah. So um, I took the body. I threw it in the trunk of the car because hard thing is you're sort of capturing like low level criminals mm-hmm. and stuff. With me, it looks like I'm stepping up. Now that I'm in Act Two, um, but I dropped it in the trunk of the car. Trunk closed. I was apparently in the middle of Tiger Claw neighborhood, which is one of the gangs. Um, they killed me immediately because there was like six of them. And um, when I respawned, because that was a checkpoint, putting them in the trunk. So when I respawned, the car was gone, but the body was a non-pixelated, a non-like rendered texture of just a body. That's so it was creepy. Like a blurry outline just laying on the <laughs> oh ground God. that you couldn't like interact. All- like all the blood left the body. Yeah, no, it, it literally looked like a like you see the stuff you see in the PS4 of actual people walking around with like no textures. Yeah, that's what it looked like. But he was just laying on the ground as though I threw him on the ground like that. And, you know, thankfully, it saved the mission and all that. So it didn't, um, you know, uh, you know, harm anything game wise. I had a couple crashes which came out of nowhere. Um, just literally. Uh, the elevator opened on a mission and then it crashed. Like there was no slowdown or no like speed up of the fans on my computer or anything like that. It just crashed right to desktop. Um, and then I had it happen later in another thing. So I don't know if that's my computer or more the game. Or like oh, you I'm know. sure that's the game. But no, I'm not I... saying in a bad way my computer. I'm saying the fact that I don't hear it happening. Yeah. And then it just happens. Um, but yeah, it, like I said. I've had some fun. I've I've seen some great videos on the internet, which has been the best part. Um, I saw that uh, I saw one guy play and mission's over and he's taking a phone call and then all of a sudden Jackie, your companion, like drives away in his motorcycle, but he drives right through you because you're standing <laughs> on you're standing on the path that the AI is going on. So it just drives. Yeah. He, he knocks you down with his motorcycle. Yeah, it does seem like the AI is kind of brain dead in this game. Yeah, I mean, in like when you're in combat missions, I mean, they act like good AI. I mean, they seem to have gotten that down. But in terms of they mask like this game needed another year in, in the oven because a lot of the AI stuff was solved by games like Red Dead and Grand Theft Auto V even, um, where not needing to conserve resources by making things disappear, you know, and yeah. the driving AI, them driving around you. You know, instead of waiting for, you know, you know, and cars don't stop when you stand in front of them, by the way, they just run you over. Yeah. Yeah. There's no (laughs) if you're in if you're in the path of that car, you're you're screwed. It's aggressive. Yeah. Like because because they're because the way their AI is built and again, not a programmer. I don't know how hard it would be to do this, but I've seen multiple other games be able to get around this is that, um, you know, they're, they're just going, all right, we're just. We're on this track that the AI is sending me to, you know, and I'm not stopping, you know, and if something's in my way that is a vehicle, I've read your stat as don't crash. So I stop and wait and then go 
you know, but if it's anything that's not a car, I just go through. Right. So, but, um, yeah, and the other things to touch on that I didn't touch on before, um, side missions are really good. Um, I had one where I don't know if you guys know a YouTuber, Jesse Cox. Um, he does, he, he's been involved with some D and D stuff and he has his own Twitch channel and stuff like that. Well, I found his side mission cause there's a bunch of YouTubers in this game. Um, and it's basically, he had like a, uh, uh, an implant go wrong in a certain sensitive area. I'll leave it at that for the people out oh, there God. not spoil. <laughs> um, and you have to drive him to a doctor and the entire time he's just screaming about it. So it was pretty funny. I was, I was <laughs> dying. Interesting. Um, but yeah, so that stuff is fun. Um, I'm hoping I heard that the main campaign is only about 20, 22 to 28 hours, depending on how, you know, how much of the optional stuff you do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if you want to fuck around, it could take you an hour or not an hour, um, 100 hours. You know, if you just want to do a lot of the side missions and follow some of them through to the end, you know. Yeah, so. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of that, too. I'm, I'm one of those people who does not like leaving missions undone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it could it could get real bad. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just yeah, it's just fun. It's just it's just sad that um, there's so many people. um and I, I don't know uh, if you guys have any thoughts on this, but um, the the QA, the low level developers and project leads and all the all the all the designers that aren't the the people to make the calls are going to take shit for this when it wasn't their fault. Oh, yeah, they, for sure. If they had no call on whether this got released or not. Um, you know, they were probably yelling behind the scenes because I know coming from a a business where some shit happens and you know we knew it was going to be shitty we told people above us it's going to be shitty and they still did it anyway and then it turned out to be shitty um <laughs> to everyone's surprise to, yeah it's <laughs> to their surprise yeah it's like it's like they use that whole you know uh reap what you sow meme yeah. where it was yeah. like me reaping haha yeah fuck yeah haha me sowing Wait, what happened? What the fuck? <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's essentially what happened here. Is I sh- I'm sure the project leads and stuff were, I don't want to, maybe I shouldn't say sure, but I'm pretty sure that they were screaming like, no, we need like three more months or more. Yeah. Like these are going to be broken. You know, so, this could be shitty for your relationships with people. And they were just like, no, we need it out by the end of the year for money. And, you know, and it's just, they're counting on not a lot of pe- people being like Tom. And just going, well, I'm going to keep it. It might be worth something. And them still being able to turn that profit to make their money back. And they're not even really going to care. The only thing that hurts is in the long run, these the CD Projekt Red itself, its developers are going to have a much harder time putting stuff out. Oh, yeah. And most of these executives are going to be gone and not and have got their money, bought their third yacht or whatever. And and they're not going to have to worry about the next game these guys try to put out on Sony or Microsoft. Yeah. So I'm going to play devil's ad- advocate a little bit here and put a little bit of the blame on fanboys. Yeah. <laughs> so when fanboys hype something up so much to a point where it can't possibly reach that hype, it kind of puts a game in a bad spot. Uh, and Cyberpunk has kind of been this. This game has so, been so anticipated by everyone, but, you know, people saying it's going to be the greatest game of all time and all this other stuff, it's just, there's no way it can live up to that hype. And the fact that it doesn't work 
very well is not helping things. And, you know, people just get all bent out of shape and take it out on everybody else. And it it's just not pretty, especially now when all you have to do is play video games and it's not the greatest game of all time. There's going to be a lot of backlash. So in a way, it's kind of kind of our our fault for for adding all this hype. But in the same same vein, the game should work. Yeah, it's just the worst thing uh, about fanboys of anything. Um, just this steal another quote from from the, uh, uh, you know, our good friend Anthony um, is that everything's a cult nowadays. Yes. You know, 100 percent. People will defend people that do not need defending, whether they are the head of a game company or the uh, president of the United States. You know, like it. it doesn't matter what realm we're in people are going to defend something because they don't want to be wrong Mm -hmm. whether it is wrong or not they they want to stick and be able to say i told you so or you don't know what you're talking about i know more than you this goes for sports video games politics like i said you know just anything where you can have some kind of fandom or fanatics or whatever and it's always been there but now social media has made it so much worse mm-hmm. um yeah, in that it's it's, you know, it's just so easy to, to find someone who has the same thought as you so yeah it, exactly um but in video games this stuff is so old and for those of us that have been around like just shake our heads at the younger generation that is still doing it and a lot of us are old and tired and the ones our age that are still doing it are just assholes <laughs> yes you know we at least me, I don't know about you, Tom, and I'm pretty sure, um, uh, maybe not Jen, I don't know where exactly the age cuts off here. Um, but, you know, I remember the the Genesis campaign. Oh, yeah. You know, the Genesis does what Nintendo, you know, I like mean, that, that, that whole campaign was just bash Nintendo until you can't bash them anymore. Yeah. And it created the console wars and. It never looked back. Like, I don't get people that define themselves with a brand. Um, yeah. It, unless the, if you subscribe to the Game Ball Pod on Twitter, <laughs> then feel free to defend that Game Ball Pod. But, um, <laughs> but, but yeah. my point being is if that... If your personality just, is 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 based around a brand or a thing... Or a sports team. Or a sports team, you gotta get a life. Yeah, like, I, I, I go through... I, I think it's because I grew up and and I don't know if this is the same way in like Yankee fandom, Tom or Jen. Um, grew up in a culture where everything, like people in my family, friends and stuff, um, whatever happened in whatever sport they liked defined what their week was going to be. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, like I know it's but, big in football. I don't know if a, if a fan base or a team that wins as much as the Yankees, if that sort of thing. I know you know Eagles well, fans like to beat themselves because they don't, you know win as much but i i feel like baseball is a different thing altogether just because there's so many games i feel like it's more of a hockey and football thing mm-hmm. um especially football i used to be that way like especially when the steelers were starting to get good again and if they would lose i would be in a bad mood for like a, two days and i was like i it got to a point where i was like it's really not worth the the yeah. you know the mental the 
the mental breakdown I'm going through after a football game or during mm-hmm. a football game to care this much, yeah. which is exactly what's happening with this right now. People put so much mental stock into this game that it was going to save them from boredom and everything else that's bad in their life that it's now that it's not good, it's, you know, it's ruined their whole life. And take it out on everyone else. Yep. Right. Jen, any thoughts on the uh, what, what we were just saying? I, I don't mean to be no, cutting no. you off, jumping in. No, you're good. Um, I... When it comes to sports specifically, I don't really get riled up um, unless it's the playoffs, especially for hockey, because I am a Devils fan and it's been far too long since they've gotten to the playoffs. So I would have that ruin a decent amount of my days in the week if they lost. Um, Dan used to get really fired up with the Yankees um, when we first started dating I remember he would like it would it would ruin his night. It wouldn't like ruin the next day, I don't think. Um, But I remember him. He was like flipping out because they did really bad. And his dad was like, listen, do you think these guys are freaking out as much as you are right now? No, they're getting paid. They're moving on. They're going to play the next game. They're going to be fine with it. He's like, stop, stop worrying about it. It's, It's nothing to do with you. Just enjoy it kind of thing. So I agree. I think I think people put way too much stock in this game. Their expectations were through the roof, and there's no way that this game was ever going to meet everyone's expectations as it was. And then, of course, it made it so much worse that the game is unplayable for so many people. It's just, it's a huge dumpster fire, is what it is. It it sums up 2020 pretty perfectly, let's put it, let's put it, <laughs> it down. It does, it really does. And 2021 is going to come in and fix it with their patches. Yep, <laughs> yep and they're uh, no malarkey. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, my uh, final thought is just it's it's one of those things where I just want to scream at the computer when, you know, because I have to be on Twitter for work and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, I torture myself by having my personal Twitter up as well. Um, and I just want to scream at the computer, like, just let people enjoy things like you don't need to. Sure, the game sucks and all this stuff, you know, or. You know, all the stuff surrounding the game sucks. But if someone goes, hey, I know this all sucks, but hey, I'm having a good time. You know, don't scream that person into oblivion is right. all it's I say. Not, or it's it's not their fault. Yeah. Or or yeah. don't scream the developer or the, you know, the low level graphics guy whose Twitter account you found because you're a crazy person that stalked through all social medias to find them. That's um, the trash of them. Twitter. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And, Awful. you know, yeah, don't. It's just it's just not worth it. And it it takes a little bit of excitement out of games like this and just be 100 percent glad. And it shows me your age for those of you out there that do scream and holler a lot is just be glad that these games can be patched Mm -hmm. and you're not stuck with a cartridge that does not get patched. (laughs) And you have the same bugs over and over again (laughs) that never get fixed and make certain games unbeatable. Um, or not unbeatable, but unplayable, you know, unless if you really wanted to torture yourself. Um, you know, it's just just be grateful of, of, of the time period you live in where in two years, this could be like The Witcher 3, where they put out a, a new release that has all the DLC on it. Um, if there is going to be any DLC with this, but, <laughs> you know, with all the DLC on it and all these Wait, updates it, for free and go and it's a completely different game and everybody forgets about how it started out terrible. Yeah. Yeah, they, they've already said that there's going to be free DLC coming up, be. which at this point, you, you kind of have to. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm totally with you, Mark. If you're enjoying this game, enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going. To, I'm still going to play it. Uh, I'm sure all of us are going to play it. I need to play it just because, you know, we do reviews on, on this show and we, we have an end of year thing where we pick our favorite games. And I want to be sure that considering I've, I've only played like, you know, four new games this year, I gotta, I gotta get in on, on a couple of them. Uh, but like I said, if you're enjoying it, enjoy it. If you're having all kinds of problems, get a refund. I mean, no one's going to, no one's going to hold it against you. Or no one should hold it against you if you were enjoying a video game. Yeah. That's what this is all about. Have fun with it. Jen, any final thoughts before we move on? No, I'm I'm excited to play it. Um, as we were saying before, once the patches are released and it's more playable, I'm excited to see what my point of view would be. Maybe we can get the whole like, you know, if they had waited, then maybe this would have been the you know, the right. first the first impact that the game had. But mm-hmm. I'm I agree with you, Tom. If if you're enjoying the game, whoever you are out there, don't be afraid to say it too. I feel like the problem with um the whole cancer cul- cancel culture thing that's going around social media right now, it's like there might be fans of the game out there, people that think it's not that bad, and they just don't want to say anything because they'll be roasted alive. But yeah. you know, let let people know if you, if you're a fan of it and share the hilarious bugs. I think that's the best way that everyone who owns the game is going to get through it right now. I know I'm enjoying all the bugs and the weird memes that are coming out about it. It's, I think it's hilarious. It's ridiculous, but you know, get through it the best that you can by doing that. Yeah, definitely. And hopefully everybody who's getting this game for Christmas will, uh, we'll have, we'll have fun with it. And I think that's where we will move on to our next topic and get away from all of this tra- <laughs> tragedy of a, of a video game release. And we're going to, we're going to talk about things that, happened to us uh in our youth getting video games for christmas or systems or things like that that you are are have a made a big impact on you i know i have a few for sure um and i'm very curious to hear jen and mark's take on this too i I have a few uh mark this was your your topic so i'd like you to lead us off all right so i will lead us off with a uh, really good one um uh, not my number one, because uh, I just want to see what everybody else, so I don't jump in. Um, but, uh, mine was the, uh, Christmas where, um, I got, uh, NHL 94. Um, uh, because I had rented that game at least a dozen times, um, from Blockbuster. Um, and we just constantly badger, you know, my mother and grandfather and, and all that about how good it is and just my exploits in the game and things that happened. And, oh, my God, I can't believe I won this game in overs, you know, just as a uh, as an eight, nine year old. Um, and then just opening it up and having it and know that I could play it, um, you know, uh, and never have to return it and never have to start again. Because that was a game where you could have your own like username and it kept track of how many wins you had and losses and stuff in it uh, for, for the first time. and um, yeah, it was it was a monumental thing. I was I was so excited. Um, it's probably the biggest uh, getting a game on Christmas, just game itself. Um, uh, that wasn't tied to a console that I had. And it was it was such a great memory. You just open it up and just do that scream. And, <laughs> you know, my uh, my mom was worried that the other games I got along with it, which I'm not sure um, at, at that point that she probably thought I would have been more happy if it. 
<laughs> but um yeah yeah that that one sticks out in my head it was a game i played way too much of. um yeah i I, wish, I think i still have that cart but it's probably in the storage unit right now um but yeah to just see what my record was on that i swore i played over 150 games in that um uh and remember you can only play playoffs like it was the season right so that was an awful lot of playoffs um yeah, so that that was the first one. Um, one that I have later um, is was my reason for the topic um, because I have two good, one bad memory, and mm. the bad one was my reason for this topic. So I'm excited to see if you guys have any positive or negatives. Well, we got to remember also this that was a time when you got like a game or two a year. Yeah. yeah. So if you didn't like it and it was not good, it it was going to be a bad time for a little while until your mm-hmm. birthday or until you earned enough money, whatever, mowing lawns, raking yeah. leaves to get Paper a route. new game. Paper route, right, exactly. All right, Jen, what do you got for me? Um, so I've been debating in the order I wanted to mention these. Uh, I'll go with, I'll just go in, in chronological order. <laughs> um, so I know I mentioned this a few times uh, on the podcast, but growing up when I was young, um, I didn't grow up owning gaming consoles in our house just because... My mom, for some reason, was never a fan of video games, um, and then my dad just didn't care about them at all. So I would really just play them when I went to my cousin's house and then eventually my aunt and uncle, their house. So um, I was kind of older when we started actually owning consoles and, and getting games. So my first great memory that I can remember of a Christmas game was, I think it was 1998, I want to say. I think I was 11 years old, um, and I received the best game ever and you guys are going to judge me hardcore for this but you'll also understand it knowing me personally um, is it the barbie horse game it is <laughs> <laughs> it was the barbie riding club club game for pc <laughs> I, oh i'm so glad that you knew <laughs> yeah i knew exactly what game the, yeah. the year once you said the year and you're gonna laugh at me for this i'm like it's gotta be barbie horse game <laughs> oh my god yes <laughs> I was so obsessed with anything, and that's putting it lightly, I think, anything to do with horses at this point. And I still am, but, you know, not as crazy as I was. Um, so this game was like my dream. Um, and obviously, as it sounds, you're basically in like a horse barn simulation game, and you're with Barbie, and you're in her riding club, and you could pick and name the horse you wanted and brush them and like ride around and stuff. And there was like a wild horse, and it was like a legend, and you had to find it. And it, this game, I played it so much until I couldn't anymore because we wound up upgrading our family computer, and then it just wouldn't work. Like it just kept crashing because the game was so old. But I was so sad when that happened because this game was like my life. I would play it all the time. Um, And then I actually, I had found it again when I was in college. I was like cleaning out my room and I found it and I booted it up on my work laptop and like destroyed it. So I'm like, okay, (laughs) it's literally not playable anymore. But this game was amazing for me. Um, And it might be one of my first might have been one of my first like PC games that I actually owned without, you know, like I said, going to someone's house and playing a game that they owned. Now, uh, now Jen. Yes. Do you still own? I I don't know. If I do, I feel like I would have found it when I was moving out. If I do, well, though, it's probably like in my closet at my parents' house still. I don't think you, that I do. If you find it. Yeah. I have computers that could probably run it. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> so. And you could also... See if there's a, a virtual solution because you could yeah. go to archive.org and find it. 
I love I love that term virtual solution. <laughs> I like <Yep>. that. <laughs> I really like that. Yeah, I don't know um, if it's a DOSBox thing or, you know, emulating a virtual Windows 3.0 machine. Um, but yeah, like I found a, uh, not to, I'll, I'll, I'll let you finish, but to, on this point, um, I found a, uh, a a murder mystery game that my dad had gotten in some six pack of games mm-hmm. from like a dollar store that I played endlessly. Um, it was a really dumb FMV, like really poorly done game. Um because, again, you only had about five or six games that you had to play. Yeah. Um, but I found out on archive.org. You might you might have some success if it's a PC game. Yeah, it's it Barbie. On there. Especially if it's Barbie, because right. those games, for whatever reason, people remember them. So yeah, yeah. Uh, they're pretty popular. <laughs> That's funny. Um, on, the, on the topic of getting like one or two games a year, I remember a few games, getting them as a gift. I think I've mentioned this before, too, in the past. Where a relative was like, oh, Jenny likes video games. She'll like this game because it's a video game. And it was like an obscure, weird game that I never would have bought. I had one that I liked that I didn't think I would like. And one that I had no use playing. Um, One, I can't, I think it was called Tokidori. It was like a weird, like you were a chick and you hatched from an egg. And then you like walked around like Super Mario Brothers style and like did things in the game. I don't remember. But I remember I loved it. But when I got that shit, I was like, what is this weird chicken game that I never <laughs> want to play? And it was for the um, the Game Boy Color, I think. But I wound up liking it because it was the only thing I had at the time to play. Right. But then I got um, some weird anime dating game, like a choices kind of game from somebody. And they were you like, a, oh, you, you like da- anime. You had a dating simulator? Yeah. It, they were like, oh, this looks, this is an anime game. You'll like this. And I'm like, what in the actual hell is this? <laughs> was that was that before, like, ratings on games? Because uh, generally, those, generally those games are pretty raunchy. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't get far enough into it to know the raunch of it. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It I, was, I, like it you, was, I like using raunch as a the raunch, yeah. verb there or noun. <laughs> Oh, okay. uh, Jen, I know what Tokitori is. Tokitori is basically um, New Zealand story on the NES. I don't know if anybody knows what that is. Oh. Uh, but yeah, it's a platformer. Yeah, it's it's good. <laughs> I didn't think yeah, it was I was, just, going to I was good. just looking it up. I was like, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. That game. Yeah. That's a throwback for me. I, I always forget it exists every once in a while and then I find it. But yeah, that that's pretty much it. Barbie riding club game was the show. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going to do my most recent one first uh and that was about 2007 i'm pretty sure because that was the year that rock band was released now i have a very musical family and they all they all play instruments or sing or do something and uh for the most part all the kids play video games so my fam my parents thought let's get let's get them rock band and this should be a fun thing which it turned into a really fun thing because I've never really had a chance to play video games with my family. They've always kind of been like, Oh, Tom likes video games. Let's get him a video game. But no, like my brothers, I will, I would play with every now and then, but like my parents never got into it. We, we had a Wii and stuff, but they, they still didn't really get into it then. So when we got rock band, because it was music involved, everybody played it. We played rock band from the second we were done opening presents to, until it, it was dark outside on the first day that we had it. Just everybody switching off, playing different instruments, singing. And I have uh, In Bloom by Nirvana permanently burned into my brain 
from playing it over and over and over and over because everybody <laughs> liked that song. So uh, we just kept playing it. So, but it was definitely one of the best gaming memories I've ever had because I got to share it with my family, which is not normally a thing that happens. Usually you get a game and you go to your room and you play it by yourself for hours and hours. But this was really cool because I brought my my 360 up into the living room and everybody hung out and we just played played Rock Band for hours. And luckily, it wa- that wasn't the only time. We continued to play it for quite a while after that. I mean, eventually, I moved the Xbox back downstairs, and we, that's where we, where it lived. But uh, every now and then, we'd get everybody together and play Rock Band. Um, mm-hmm. But it, like games like Rock Band don't really exist anymore, <laughs> so it's hard to it's hard to kind of have a something similar today because those games came and went so fast that there was nothing to replace them, if that makes sense. That's kind of sad, because I enjoyed those games a lot. Yeah, yeah I'm, I mean, I still play, I have four, but I still play it. Um, just basically to, uh, well, Fuser has now replaced this, but, um, you know, just to let off some steam and, like, sing or, you know, do something musically. Um, yeah. So that's why I still have Rock Band 4. Um, but I, as I told you before, Tom, Rock Band was always... Uh, uh, most of the time, a, a solo thing for me because I had randomly bought it while in college living in a studio by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were no roommates around to play. So, um, I very much get the, I'm glad that you had a family that would play along and not feel like I forced them to play. Oh um, yeah. They wanted to play. Which, which, which I feel is a lot of rock band stuff, but, um, the, the only thing I remember about Rock Band, and you'll laugh, um, the Rock Band, um, yeah, it would have been, was it Christmas 07 that it came out, or 08? Yeah, 07. It came out in November of 07. Okay, then I guess they were still big the next Christmas, or maybe Rock Band 2 was coming Rock, out? Rock Band 2 was probably coming out. Let me take a look. Yeah, because when I worked at UPS doing the overnight truck packing, Mm-hmm. There, it was like every Monday or maybe it was on the weekend days, like I did the overnight shift, it would just come in and there would just be, it'd be like rock band day. So <laughs> you, you, we and the guy next to me, because it was the same guys next to me all the time, when it was that day, it was like, all right, we got to make, make sure there's enough room in this truck for the rock band. Yeah, rock band two came out September of 08. Yeah. So we... Because we were packing the trucks that went to like Walmart and Target and all that. Mm. Um, so we were like, all right, this section of the truck is rock band because we're going to have to <laughs> stack it to the ceiling and, you know, do all that. But that's my rock band memory out, outside of playing it is how really awkward and terrible that was to try and stack and make fit inside of a, a, a tractor trailer truck. Wait. Well, yeah, I feel the pain because now I have to try to figure out where the hell to put all these peripherals every time. Like anytime I want to play it, I I have to figure out how to get it all out and then keep it out for a couple hours and then figure out how to put it all back away. Yeah. <laughs> That's that was the one problem with Rock Band, which yeah. is why it stayed set up for most of the time. Even like when I was in college, um, well, that was when it came out, but. Even like a little after that, like John and Dan and Ant would all come over and we'd play rock band. We'd play rock band or Guitar Hero World Tour or whatever it was. And that would be we'd hang out and play that. And Ant, we'd make Ant sing. And it was great. You're welcome, Ant. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's let's move it on, I guess. Mark. Yep. So back to me. Um, 
Yeah, so I'm going to do a uh, a good one. I'll save my real bad one for last because I think it's the showstopper. Because <laughs> I, I doubt either of you have it on the list. I'm going to uh, save my good one for last. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so this one was uh, uh, when I got the Nintendo 60 for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, I It was the first game that I got year of release or first system. Um, you know, so I got Super Mario 64 with it. Um, and... I just remember immediately wanting nothing to do with the rest of my gifts and just wanting to unpack that and just play Mario 64 for hours. Um, and it was it. I didn't have the reaction that you see some of the kids on the Internet when they get those things. And it's just like either deaf silence or like ear piercing screams. <laughs> um, but it was more of a shock um, that I actually got it that year. Um you know, because looking back, it's even more of a shock knowing how much those things cost, you know, and, uh, you know, my mother being a single mother and all that. Um, but it was one of those where I was I was I was more shocked and surprised that I got it and didn't care what anything else was, which was probably sad for parents and family members that were over, you know, going, ah, oh, but I got all of the other stuff. Why does he not want to? Oh, OK. <laughs> you know yeah, it's just what I, with kids it just happens they'll yeah, they'll latch yeah. onto one present and that's all and, they'll want to do and from a personal standpoint it was the uh it was also the first christmas where i had more gifts than my sister so that was a that what? was three but <laughs> but that was because she was she was 15 so a lot of her stuff was more expensive so she got less of it mm-hmm. right you know i think i think her big gift was a vcr that year um but that tells you how old it hold we yeah. are <laughs> yeah, she has, yeah yeah and their next and the year before she got a color television oh um fancy yeah <laughs> we um we, we had like tvs that got passed down that were small and still had the dials on them right um and stuff but this was the first remote control you know she was thought she was hot stuff in 1995 <laughs> um but yeah so nintendo 64 was the first console i got year of release had that big hype that I've been getting from Game Informer and my friends and stuff. And just being able to be the first, not the first to have it, but sort of be in that first group. Um, was probably what led to me doing the 9999 three years later. Um, was wanting yep. to have that rush again. Um, I've been searching for that high ever since, man. <laughs> um, As but, that, that, I mean, that, uh, that Dreamcast rush will, yeah. will get you. Uh, then I played Sonic Adventure for an hour and was like, oh, there goes that rush. <laughs> Down um, the tubes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm sure Nintendo 64 was that for a bunch of people. It was um, as much as as much as I, we rag on it now at the time, that was such a transformative console, um, especially for people that have been mostly Nintendo kids. Um, and, you know, I knew there was no way I was getting a Saturn and, you know, uh, didn't really know much about, you know, the PlayStation at the time. Um, so I was, I was very, very excited. Um, that is probably my biggest Christmas memory, um, on the positive end. So, so, um, I only have positives. So, um, I will say my next one was probably in 2004, I want to say. Um, so this was during high school. As you guys know, I became super obsessed with, uh, Dance Dance Revolution, as I'm sure a lot of people did. Um, so, uh, for Christmas this year, I received the game, um, and then also two dance mats to play on. So this was literally the best thing I ever received probably at that point. 
And I would play this game so much. I would make my brother and sister play with me too. Where um, when I recently just found the games again when I was moving out, I texted my brother a picture of the game and he said, oh my God, I'm traumatized and didn't even realize it because I'm already sweating thinking about it. (laughs) I was like, oh, I didn't realize you hated it so much. But this is one of the best video game gifts I think I received. Um, And I obviously still have the games today. If you guys saw us playing during Extra Life, you would know that. Um, My dance mats, unfortunately, uh, broke eventually, but I did get new ones. So (laughs) I am still on the DDR grind. I, I couldn't tell you how many dance mats I broke back in the I day. Know. Yeah. Yeah. They just They're, broke so easily. They they did, yeah. If you folded them the wrong way and just like stored them, they could just break. Um I think a mouse chewed through one of mine in my family room at one point, so that was sad. But <laughs> yeah, this game was I was obsessed. I, I originally started playing it in an arcade and then my friend owned it and she didn't have a dance pad though, so she would just play on the controller and I'm like, man, I really want this game so bad. And I opened the game and then saw that I had the dance pads. And I was like, oh, my God. I used to play this, like, before my volleyball games in high school. And it used to, like, warm me up. And I swore that I played better when I played DDR before I, like, went to my games. I was I was a nut. <laughs> this was a we, great Christmas. Yeah, We played DDR in gym class one time. Are you like serious? Fun, oh, awesome. yeah. We had, like, one of those smart kid gym classes. And somehow yeah. I was in it. And one, like... Our gym teacher like took uh, suggestions from us because not a lot of people were athletic in this class. Mm-hmm. So they 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 said, well, we should try this. We should try DDR. And she didn't know what it was, and she was interested. So somebody brought in their PS2 and the wow. dance mats and everything else, and we played DDR for gym class. That's so cool. First of all, though, you do have to be athletic to play that game, at least a little bit. Like you need to yeah, really move I put, it. Yeah, but. There's a difference between being athletic and playing a sport and being yes. athletic enough to, to touch true. the buttons on the on the, <laughs> on the floor pad. Yeah, that's a good point. No offense to anybody, but <laughs> there's a big difference. All right. Uh, I guess I'll move on to me. I This is going to kind of date me a little. Uh, in 1990, I received my NES. Now, I didn't, I didn't realize at the time that this actually was not a present for my parents my uncle actually he was like the young cool uncle purchased, oh i know about that he, yeah you are the young cool uncle aren't you mark <laughs> yep <laughs> there you go <laughs> he purchased uncle. an nes with the zapper uh and then two games which you guys have now grown to hate uh and he also got like a steering wheel which should tell you which one of those games was <laughs> so i got D- days of thunder <clears throat> Top Gun and Mario and Duck Hunt because Mario and Duck Hunt was a pack in with the yeah. zapper. Um, and it's so funny because I, I just rewatched like the Christmas video because I was curious as to how it went. And I I was excited, but I don't think I understood exactly why I was excited because mm-hmm. I was still young. I was like four, three or four. And yeah, I was. Yeah, I would have been four in 1990. So. I was still kind of not understanding what a video game was, but at the same time I was excited because he was excited to give it to me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I wasn't even the first person to play it. My uncle and my dad played Duck Hunt like for hours that day. <laughs> and there's there's video evidence of it. So I I, I know I because I got so many cool presents that year that 
Nintendo was like not not the coolest thing I got because I didn't understand that it was the coolest thing at the time. Uh, but looking back on it, I'm glad I got it, and I I'm glad I still have those games, even though you guys hate me because I have those games. Oh no, I I have an entire uh, uh, what's it called um, flash drive full of every game ever made for that system. Um, so <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, the NES. To be honest, I don't remember when we got our NES. Um, we, well, I mean, we got it around the same time as you because we got it, and and sometime in the near future we got Mar- uh, Super Mario Three. Yeah. Um. So would have been around the same time. Um. As you. Uh. But so I don't remember if it was a Christmas morning opening thing or if someone just got it for like, hey, here's an NES. Um. And just gave it to us at some point during the year. But I do remember that was the that was the moment when I got because I've been playing some Atari 2600 before that, and I can I can attest to you, Tom, that I didn't know what becoming obsessed with something was mm-hmm. uh, back then, but I knew like I have to play everything that's sort of similar to this thing, mm-hmm. um, and it just led me to where I am today, being a very cool uncle um, on this very cool podcast um, <laughs> talking about video games. Uh, all the time and uh, doing the things we do. Um, and I don't think it would have been started probably just like you without without that first, you know, uh, console being an NES. I think if we were a little bit older, we probably wouldn't be doing this um, unless if we were like, I don't want to say uber nerds because we are kind of uber nerds. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, it be, if we would have been born a couple years earlier when the crash happened, we may, you know, we may have been in an age where video games came out. I was like, ah, oh, I remember that thing that, you know, my friends talked about when I was younger being crap, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel, I feel like just like, just like you said, the, I don't know. I didn't know why I was excited at the time, but it, it was definitely a, a transformative system for me. Yeah, for sure. Cause like I, like I said before on this podcast, I only had an NES until, the next system I'll talk about in a little while, but the the NES was my the only console we had for nine years. We didn't get a Super Nintendo. We didn't get a Genesis because at that point was when I discovered sports mm-hmm. and I didn't care. Like all I wanted to do was play baseball. So uh, video games kind of took a back seat at that point because I was doing I was doing baseball and Cub Scouts and all of these other things that kids that age wanted to do because that was still the age when people went outside <laughs> yeah now they're in Fortnite tournaments when they're four right so, <laughs> so it was a, gen. i know it was a little <laughs> it was a little different back then yeah i still enjoyed playing outside more than uh video games but i would eventually learn to uh love the video game all right mark what do you give your last one yeah so my my showstopper my bad one um <laughs> Have any of you guys, um, I would hope Tom has heard of this, but has any of you guys heard of the uh, Tiger Electronics R-Zone? No. R-Zone. No, I know the Tiger Electronics handhelds. Yes. So the R-Zone was this thing that came out in like 1995. Um, I don't know what the purpose was, but I was purchased the one that came with the headgear. Oh, no. I think I know what you're talking about. (laughs) So it strapped to your head and had a little flip down uh, LED screen. Over yes. your eye, and you I played it with the controller, and it was red like the Virtual Boy. Um, I had gotten that with Virtual Fighter Two, and uh, I'm looking at the list of games to try to remember. 
It was right. It was. And it I was think base, it was basically just a Tiger Electronics handheld, just yeah. over your one eye. Yeah, hell? it was supposed to be like a virtual reality was what it was supposed to be. So I got Virtual Fighter Two, and I think the uh, uh, what's it called the Daytona Racing game. Um, I think is what I got for it. I I only remember the fighting game because the reason I brought this up as a, as a bad one and one of those um you know that uh I really wanted this to be good like yep. my mom was so excited to give it to me she was so proud of finding it um and this new thing that was supposed to be new and cool and I'm like playing yeah it's awesome yeah and then I don't know 2 weeks later I didn't replace the batteries in the controller and just never played it again <laughs> I still have it. It is in storage right now. Wow. Um, That's a cool like thing to yeah, have, though. That is cool. Yeah. But it's probably the worst system ever created, <laughs> short of the Virtual Boy. Um, or the Jaguar. Yeah, I think my version, the, he- the head strap one, was probably worse than the Virtual Boy. Um, just because it was, it just didn't look good. You can look it up. It's Just look up R-Zone. I'm looking at it now. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, it looks like there was two versions. There was one with yeah. the flip down over your eye, and then there was also like a projection one in the controller. Yeah, where yeah. it like projected onto the onto a yeah. screen attached to the controller. Yeah. So yeah, that that I got on Christmas and wanted. This was between. This was the uh, year before the N sixty four. So maybe that's why that memory was was amazing. Um. Uh. But yeah, it was it was one of those that. You know, mom trying to be hip and cool. Well, she was. It's just yeah. it wasn't her fault. Yeah. yeah. Just just missed the mark. And then I think from that point forward, she decided I'm just going to ask him, <laughs> you know, or make him circle things in the uh, Toys R Us big toy book. Mine, uh, yeah. mine, mine was the JCPenney Christmas yeah. cattle. Yeah. <laughs> so the uh, God kids don't get the big toy book anymore. It's so no, sad. No, they just have Amazon lists now. Yeah. Boring. Um, I will tell you, I got a Christmas catalog from Amazon. Yeah, actually I did too. And it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I was, and I looked through it like I was a kid. I was like, this is so cool. Why, why did, have they not done this before? Yeah, exactly. And it's, uh, but yeah, so uh, the R Zone. Um, feel free to look it up for any of you out there and just see uh, the terrible things that uh, were thrown into the video game marketplace in the mid '90s. Um, well, that's that when was, video yeah. games were the thing. So if you didn't have your own, you know, special thing out, you were gonna get left behind. Yep. Yeah, before they figured out like how to actually be a legitimate um, industry. You know, because uh, nowadays there's a lot of riffraff, but it's like all connected riffraff, like it's all the stuff that comes out with like 50 games in one and all that. Oh, yeah. All uh, the, the Chinese mini system things. Yeah, that that. But they all are somehow connected to a system. These this was the Wild West days of just things coming out that were brand new ideas that were nowhere near ready for consumption. Um, yeah. Like the. uh was it the the Sega Ring or whatever that was that was supposed to be like a like you you play fighting games in it and you punch over? Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Would, Where you'd stand in the middle and you'd yeah. put your hand over directions or buttons. Yeah. Oof, that was yeah. Dumb. Yeah, it was like a so undercooked stuff that would make Cyberpunk look good um, <laughs> back then. That that that's called a callback, folks. <laughs> um. So 
yeah, so that's why I want to, to end with the R Zone because it was the most most good intentioned Christmas gift I ever gotten that I still remember to this day and still have. I don't know if I have any of the games. Um which which would be make it virtually useless. I was gonna say good luck finding any too. Yeah. yeah. I mean I'm sure if that too many games I could walk up to somebody and go, Hey, you got any of that R Zone? <laughs> and just uh and find somebody who could point me to someone. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I thought, I thought I'd drop that little one and just wait and see if anybody in the comments either got this or got a similar, um, knockoff or failed video game thing. for. <laughs> That's a really good take on it. I like that. Yeah. Um, so when I was looking up our zone, Mark, because you said tiger electronics, I typed that in too. And I totally just had a blast from the past, like ski free. Yeah. Because I forgot that I used to have Dear Diary by Tiger Electronics, and now I'm looking at pictures of it and like dying because <laughs> I feel really old. <laughs> so I just wanted to put wouldn't, that out there. Wouldn't you speak into that and it would yes. say it back to you? Yeah, my little brother kept trying to break into it and read my my diary. I remember, I remember that. thinking that was really cool, even though I was a dude. I was like, man, why don't guys have stuff like that? <laughs> and and yeah. you guys are completely forgetting the best Tiger Electronic thing of all time. Aladdin. The game come. Nope, the 2XL robot. Oh, I had the 2XL robot. <laughs> All right, now we're getting off topic. Yep. <laughs> so my Jen. last my last um, significant gaming memory actually took p- place last year. Um, and it's funny because the person who gifted this to me is sitting in this room with me now listening to me. Um, so as everyone who may have been listening to the podcast over the past year would know, I had been wanting a Switch. Since pretty much it launched in 2017, I believe it was. Um, And I had managed to hold off on getting one. And I had pretty much given up expecting to get one because I was trying to save up to like buy a house and stuff. (laughs) So I knew that I couldn't just go out and like splurge on one. But last Christmas, I was very surprised when I opened a gift from my husband. And it was a shoebox. So I was like, oh, he got me like winter boots or something. I don't know. And I open it, and there's the Switch inside and Breath of the Wild, <laughs> which was amazing. Which so was the hardest, I, hardest secret we ever had to keep. I know. Yeah, yeah, you guys both knew about it. I was very impressed. I The first thing I said was, oh, my God, I had to tell Tom and Mark. And Dan's like, they know. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, ah. <laughs> but, yeah, I knew you guys were on the Switch team for me. Every, every time that we would talk about the Switch, you're like, Jen, you need to get a Switch. <laughs> Yeah. So it was. Yeah. It was. Yeah, we amazing. were. That was. That was definitely our fault for you getting a switch. <laughs> this well, podcast was definitely the the the. <laughs> yeah, that's what broke it. That's what broke me down the rest of the way to like knowing that I needed one. But um, I think the first thing I did was I downloaded Gris, which I know we talked about in last year's end of the year podcast. Um, I wanted to play that game for forever, and I knew it was a short game, so I played that. And then, um, like a day or two later, we started playing Breath of the Wild. And I, I haven't been playing the Switch a lot recently, aside from like Mist every once in a while. But I mean, that that's just a great. I think it's going to be timeless. I don't know. We'll see. But it, it's a great little console to have. I love it, and it is one of my favorite video game gifts that I've received. That's a that's a perfect one for yeah. sure. All right, I it, it actually now that I'm thinking about it, going back to Rock Band, that may have been one of my last, like, real Christmas gifts as a video game. Because at our age, we kind of just buy them when we want to. So I don't really get Christmas gifts that are video games anymore. Sometimes I'll get stuff, but not not nearly like it was when I was a kid. Yeah. And 
So my favorite memory was 1999. Uh, my my parents knew we liked video games. We hadn't had video games, new video games in quite a while. And I get this. This must have been a partial, partially a my dad thing because uh, sports video games had kind of become a big thing. And you know, around 99, 2000. And he must have seen a they must have watched like commercials and stuff and thought, man, the kids would really like this. So they got us a PlayStation one. Granted, the PlayStation had been out for three years. Right, Mark? Yeah. Not, or four. Ninety five. Four. Ninety six. It was ninety five. So, yeah, it had been out for four years. So it was probably on sale, which is another reason why we probably got it. Um, but we got a PS one and triple play 2000. And this was kind of a, a mixture good and bad thing because we we loved it. There was nothing wrong with it. Uh, my brother did the screaming thing that you saw on the internet that you've seen on the internet. Uh, I was super excited because I had I, I had been at friends' house who who had these games. Like John had a PlayStation, and we'd play baseball games on it all the time. So uh, getting my own game to play was awesome. I was so excited to play it. We hooked it all up. We started playing, and then they said you need a memory card to save your game and i was like what's a memory card um my parents didn't know what a memory card was either so chris it's one of those things christmas morning that you just don't think about uh and we eventually got a memory card and it was it wasn't long after that but it's one of those things like nowadays could not happen like if you bought if you bought a game console and it didn't have include something that you needed there would be extreme backlash and people would be pissed that they couldn't play their game yeah now i'd learned to just play it without a, a, a car uh, a memory card because it's a sports game and it's not that difficult to play without a memory card but once we got other games we needed a memory card but i remember playing the absolute hell out of triple play 2000 uh <laughs> just because it was the first game we had and i think we got that and maybe a need for speed game which would make sense because we liked cars so uh I just remember playing triple play for hours and hours because the PlayStation lived in my room, which was not a normal thing. Generally, the video game console would go in like a shared space, but it was, lived in my room. And uh, it, it was it it had it turned me back into a gamer. 1999 getting that PlayStation because before then, like I said, didn't really care about video games. I found out that sports video games were a thing. And that got me back into video gaming. And then, you know, eventually Final Fantasy VII I played. And it was uh, all downhill from there. And that's why this podcast exists. <laughs> and the rest is history, as they say. The rest is history. That's right. Okay. I think that's that we had a lot of good stories. I want to I hear the audience's stories, too. So if you want to uh, let us know what some of your favorite Christmas morning memories for video games are, hit us up on Twitter at Game Vault Pod. And uh, since we're talking about, I talked about PlayStation, we're going to move right on into our retro roulette game this week, which is Suikoden for the PlayStation 1. It is, it is a one of the first JRPGs that was on the PlayStation. It's one of the trio of, of RPGs that came out before Final Fantasy VII hit, and then RPGs became the gigantic thing they are now. Yeah, basically, um, you know, and... and it's interesting to go back and look and we'll get deeper into specifically this game, but those three games and what they look like compared to final fantasy seven and everything after. 
Yes. It's it's like a totally different world. It's still it's they were still working off of the third the sixteen bit RPG at that point, that formula. And I mean, granted, three D wasn't three D games weren't really a thing when they when these games came out, so it makes sense how they looked. They looked way better than a sixteen bit game, but at the same time they were still using that same formula. All right. Jen, were you able to get any playtime on this guy? Yep, about an hour or so. Okay, that's good. That's a good amount for uh, this game. I think mm-hmm. we had gone through, and Jonathan had told us that it was about a twenty-hour game. So getting an hour in, definitely, yeah. definitely a good, good uh, sample size. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Um, so I mostly have positive takeaways from the game. Um, I'll start out by saying that my absolute favorite aspect of this game is no surprise probably because i said it a few times but the music in this game is just awesome there hasn't been a time either me watching you play or playing myself where the music has gotten on my nerves or like made me annoyed at all it just sounds so great every time it changes to a different you know song depending on where you go it just is somehow like better than the last Mm -hmm. background music that was playing um, I really want to see, I haven't done it yet. I want to look on YouTube to see if I'm sure somebody has saved the soundtrack of the game by now. So I really want to see if I can like find it <laughs> and listen to it because I'm, it just, it's so good. Yeah. I hundred percent agree. Uh, yeah. and I'm sure you can find that soundtrack somewhere, yeah. whether it be legally or illegally. <laughs> <laughs> virtually. The vir- Vir- what did we say? Virtually. Before? Yes. Virtually. Um, aside from that, I think. The, the background art is really pretty. There's a lot of um, nice use of color in the game. Um, you go from a lot of warm color palettes to like really cool color palettes, uh, you know, walking through a doorway into, you know, the next screen. And it just looks really nice. Um, I also found the game to be pretty easy to navigate. And no offense, but I think it was easier to navigate through than Final Fantasy VII was for me because no, I wasn't I getting stuck on things <laughs> or lost in a train <laughs> yes. yard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't get lost yet. It was pretty straightforward to know where you had to go to progress the story, which I appreciate. Um, and I also kind of get the sense that there's a darker tone to the game. Um, watching you play, I know a character has already died, Tom. So I know I haven't gotten there yet, but I kind of like having that sort of thing in the story where not everything is rainbows and butterflies and the main characters and their friends aren't, you know, like untouchable. Um, I read up a little bit on the story because I didn't get to play through as much of it as I wanted to. And I learned that a lot more people can die who join your team. And it's pretty much like your actions can have those kinds of consequences, which I kind of like. And I wasn't expecting from this game, honestly. I found that to be pretty impressive. Um, But my most positive takeaway by far is that the dragons sound like elephants. <laughs> that was ridiculous and surprising, and I loved it. It was hilarious. Um, negatives, I really don't have many negatives. I think I just would say at times that there's a lot of dialogue, and it can get a little slow. Um, but that's something that I didn't hate necessarily. It was just at times I wish it was a little bit quicker, but um, that was pretty much it. Oh, and then Ted looks like he's melting, so that bothers me. <laughs> that was about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, yeah. I feel like this is especially since I'm going to continue playing it. I feel like you guys are going to enjoy the story. Yeah, yeah I'm looking forward yeah. to that. So um, from my side, I played a little bit longer than Jen. Um, I got up basically to the end of the first stream with you, Tom, mm-hmm. uh, when I played through. 
Um, I agree with just about every point Jen said. Music is amazing. Um, I'm finding that I'm getting more and more into that stuff the older I get in playing games. Mm-hmm. Um, is that if music's got to be really good for me to get sucked into it, which is one of the reasons why I look forward to Trails every week. Mm-hmm. Um, the the positives, I like the combat. I like the uh, idea that you can just hit free will and it would just go through a battle round quickly. I think that was a pretty cool thing they should have kept in to most games going forward. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised that that didn't really exist in any other RPGs yeah. that I've ever played. There's not yeah. really, I've never played an RPG where they're like, oh yeah, it's just I, automatic. I think the closest I can think of is the, in Earthbound, um, where if you're way too overleveled, they just like automatically, you automatically win. Like, it, you don't even it, have to fight the battle. The only thing I can think of that I played myself is Final Fantasy 13, where they actually had an auto battle feature, mm-hmm. where you would just hit auto when it would do it itself, but other than that, I can't think of anything that like no. that worked out around by itself. Yeah, and the difference between all these games we mentioned is uh, Final Fantasy XIII, there wasn't really much of a place to grind, so that auto battle really didn't come into play. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the Earthbound one was just so you didn't have to sit around and grind. Um, you could just go in and do what you had to do the grind, but, you know, you wouldn't have to sit there and do the battles, so cut the time down. And in Tweak It In, the auto battle is for those situations where you can just hit free will and, you know, in these fights, you know you're going to win and don't have to worry about. Unless if you don't pay attention to your health and then also, oh, God, everyone's dying because yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't heal up because I'm used to modern video games where everyone heals up at the end of a battle, mm-hmm. um, which has not happened in Trails at all. Um, no. And <laughs> uh, the... And the other thing I loved is the idea of having all of these characters. Um, I, I like I like RPGs that allow you to have large groups in battle. Um, like my favorite ones are always the ones with four person battle systems, which I believe Trails has. I think we can get up to four. Mm-hmm. Um, it's why I like the Tales games because Tales is four player. I think four is good in this game. It's six, so that's you know even better. A little more confusing, but because you have to worry about front row, back row, as we found out, Tom. Yeah. Right. Um, and it just adds strategy to it. Um, you know, having more characters in there gives you more different ways to win battles, um, you know, and different uh, ways to crawl out of situations if you did forget to heal up. Um, and it's just this game, I, I probably it probably would fall into the wild arms um thing where if you weren't playing through it i would probably want to play through it streaming mm-hmm. um but i'm glad to let you take that mantle um <laughs> since i have a 26 episode or 27 episode thing already on the internet um about that um of doing a game the one of the trio that we mentioned um that came out uh but yeah this this said gave me flashbacks to that I feel that if I was at a certain age and these came out, I could have been one of those annoying people as a teenager on message boards going, well, I think Sweek It In and Wild Arms is better than Final Fantasy VII because it's more <laughs> traditional turn-based. And, you know, uh, you know, but... I like the internet voice. Yeah, I was going to say I like that. <laughs> and just, you know, I could have, and using a term from nowadays, I, I could have been a big-time stand for them mm. um, because I seem to 
be drawn into playing those games in full going back to it than I was at any point playing a game like seven that I've beaten. And maybe that has a little bit to do with it. But um, and it could also be because I'm a big fan of six and being 16 bit and he's being a little bit closer to that. Maybe that's why they draw me in a little more. But I'm glad to just see you go through the 20 hours since I am already playing Cyberpunk, um, Trails, and, you know, uh, you know, other games that will be coming out shortly. Or maybe I'll give Valhalla at some point that I don't need to add a 20 plus hour game from 1996 <laughs> in, into my things I need to play um, in the little time I already have. But um, I'm glad to see I'm glad I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you're playing it because I want to see it through. But I'm also very excited to hear what if any other thoughts you have that you haven't expressed in the streams to us, Tom, about this game. Well, yeah. So on stream, I've mentioned the the music. I'm really enjoying the music and the and the the battle system to me is very interesting. Uh, I haven't played an RPG that has a battle system like this where you have to pay attention to front and back row. Usually front and back row is usually something arduous and it doesn't really matter all that much but in this game if you don't have your 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 guys set up in the correct position they won't one they could not even attack which i learned on stream and you uh you won't get your full the full extent out of your party you have to make sure that your your uh, melee attackers are in the front row and your um your ranged attackers are in the back row or else they won't be able to attack and I do like the fact that your ranged attackers can attack front and back row on the other side, though, as well. Um, but so far, the story has really got gotten me. I was surprised at how quickly I was drawn into the story. A lot of interesting thing ha- things happened immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, you gain and lose characters a lot uh, throughout the throughout even like the first hour of gameplay. Uh, you get yeah. double crossed immediately by a guy you think is not going to double cross you so it's uh, it's and, pretty interesting and a guy you very much think is going to double cross you <laughs> right yeah and like jen said you find out dragons sound like elephants in this this world okay. uh so, something i i like that's actually really simple about the game is the world map generally in like 16-bit uh rpgs and some later 3 3d rpgs it's so easy to get lost mm-hmm. on the world map in this game, they say you need to go northwest. There's only one place to go that's in the northwest, <laughs> and you can't miss it. Which yeah. I'm and Jen learned playing Final Fantasy six or three, whatever you want to call it. Sometimes you can't find the entrance to places because it's like stuck in the side of a mountain that and the, there's like a, a little tiny black spot that you need to go through. Yeah. Like there, so far, I have not experienced anything like that, and I'm very happy to say that. Uh, I will say that your sprite. On the world map is kind of hilarious. It looks like an Atari, like like twenty six hundred character walking on a map. Uh, that's probably like the one downside I'd say. Uh, the another little downside I'd say is lack of um, what's the word I'm looking for. Uh, there's not a lot of different character characters that you'll fight. Generally, it's this a lot of the same enemies grouped up the same that you'll fight. Which can get boring. I like when they mix it up, but even it seems like you'll always run into the same group of enemies. And as long as you know how to handle that group of enemies, it'll be a cakewalk. You won't really have to worry about it. It also seems like I won't need to grind. This game seems kind of somewhat easy, 
at least in the beginning. I don't know how it will get towards the end. There may be a point where I hit and you have to grind for an hour or two just to get to the next stage of of the game. But for right now, it seems like a somewhat easy RPG. And I'm, mm-hmm. I don't mind that, especially at this age. <laughs> Not having to grind for 10 hours to beat a game is I'll, I'll take I'll take that. Yeah, seriously. But Jonathan had told us there can be 90 playable characters in this game. And I'm not it's looking wild. forward to trying to find 90 playable characters. <laughs> I think I was reading something, yeah, along those lines. There's there's a ton of people. But that's where your actions come into play. Yeah. Like your decisions that you make. Which is awesome. I like that. Yeah, I like that your decisions mean something. A lot yeah. of times in games, they make it seem like it means something, but it really doesn't mean anything it's at all. It's the old, um, what is it, um, the old diamond um, way of branching paths, right? as they call it. Right, because it ends ends the end, but it looks like it goes a different way. Yeah, yeah. you start in one spot, people take two different directions, go to another decision, and no matter what decision you make at that decision, you come back to the same spot. Yeah, (laughs) yep. Yeah, this seems like it's got all kinds of branching paths and things like that, so it should be interesting. Yeah. Um, Like like we said, I am playing this through on Twitch now. I've gone through about four hours on Twitch, so... It's going to be an ongoing series uh, going opposite of of a retro light games. And that should tell you something, because I really don't stream games a whole lot. This has just turned out to be one of those games that was a lot of fun to stream. And I I want to play it. uh, Not that I don't want to play other retro light games, but this one kind of grabbed me. Mm -hmm. And everybody who was watching was enjoying it. And I was enjoying playing it and getting uh, feedback from people who were watching it. So. Yeah, it 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 uh, really turned into a a happy accident that that I was that I want to stream this game. But overall, very positive. I can't say many bad things about this game so far. Uh, I, I I can't wait to report back in a few weeks after I've played it some more and tell you how I've progressed. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited. But. On that note, we should get some scores and get our game that I'll be playing this Monday. Jen, what do you give it? Um, I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5. Um, I'll go a little less. I'll go 4 out of 5, um, just because I'm sure my score would go up the more I played it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't want to make any assumptions. Maybe we could circle back around to it once I watch Tom play all the way through it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's pretty solid. If you like games from this era... Um, I highly recommend you uh, uh, go ahead and play it. Yep. I'm giving it a four and a half out of five. This is the first game that I've wanted to play after the fact on Retro <laughs> Roulette in quite a while. So I'm hoping it may, that score may change over time, depending on if I'm still enjoying it or not. But I'm thinking it's going to stay that way. I just think that the music continues to pull me in and the gameplay is is a very it's a very good RPG to begin with. So we'll see. But right now, four and a half of five. All right. Let us spin the wheel. Ooh, interesting. We're playing Castlevania II Simon's Quest nice. for the NES. <laughs> this is kind of the redheaded stepchild of the Castlevania yeah. series. Yeah, uh, it's like Zelda 2. Yeah, but... I've never I've never played Castlevania 2. I'm glad we got an older game though finally. It's yeah. been a while 
since we played like an NES game. Yeah, it'd be nice to go back to that. Now, Jen is a very big Castlevania fan, and I'm interested to see what she thinks about this, because it's kind of an RPG, kind of. Interesting. Yeah, Yeah, there's a way to cheese it at the beginning to make yourself super strong and just walk through the game. (laughs) (laughs) Is this something that you'd need to know by, like, reading spoilers, or do you, like, can you figure it out as a new player? No, you would need to look it up to figure out how to break the game. It's like, there's a... Yeah, there's a, there's another game. Um, I forget what it's called, where you can just I think it's a shinobi game or something like that, where you just get to this one area and all the monsters spawn in um, and you can just sit and crouch and just keep using your weapon and they just keep spawning. So you keep getting like experience points uh, and you don't have to move out. It's not in this game, but like it's one of those like NES, Super Nintendo, you know, era games where. As we mentioned earlier, full circle for this podcast. Um, <laughs> bugs that didn't get fixed because they couldn't fix them um, with patches or anything that, you know, people just figured out and can cheese games. Yep. Um, so this has something similar um, to it where you can build up whatever meter it has. In it. And I never played it. I just heard people talk about when mentioning games where there's a there's a bug in it um, or a glitch. And this is always one of the games they mention where you can just basically make yourself super powerful in the beginning and just sort of walk through the game. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, th- that's these these games have those issues sometimes. It's just the way the way they go. And sometimes they'll call it a feature like yeah. old those old games when they found bugs in them and things like that. They just turn them into features and the games are special. They call them special stages or whatever when <laughs> things would break. But yeah, uh, I think this is going to be fun. Uh, we have not played an NES game in quite a while, so loading this up, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So we got some housekeeping to do. Uh, Mark, do you want to tell everybody about Extra Life that we still have going on? Yeah, so um, uh, yeah. So we uh, have our Extra Life campaign, which benefits the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Um, we're currently at $770. Um, so uh, feel free to donate at tinyurl.com slash extra life, the number five. Well, our goal is $1,000. Um, we're looking to uh, break that. Um, if I do, I will get a tattoo. Um, if we get to 1200, Tom has to play PT with headphones on. Um, so, uh, try and make us get to that goal. Um, I know it's a, it's a, it's a pipe dream at this point, but we can always hope. Um, so you have until the end of the year, December 31st, uh, 2020. Um, so you have about 10 days from when you're listening to this podcast, um, to donate. We'll probably be doing a stream this week, um, playing Jackbox and maybe other things. Um, probably just Jackbox. Um, and, uh, we'll be able to, um, you know, hopefully raise some money, but it's more about us hanging out with you and us, uh, during the holidays when we can't really go anywhere. So, um, just be on the lookout for that. But once again, to donate, it's tinyurl.com slash extra life, the number five. And, um, I can also roll right into the other podcasts we have. Um, sure. yeah. So we have Stranger Damies, our D and D podcast, um, airs every Wednesday, um, this Wednesday coming up will be the final episode of season of, I'm sorry, campaign one. Um, uh, so, uh, feel free to check that out. It's been a three year journey. Um, uh, we're proud for everything that we've done and you guys for coming along with us. Um, we'll probably start in campaign two sometime in January. Um, we have two scheduled episodes after this one. 
Um, we're going to have our Talking to Strangers episode, which is where basically it's a wrap up of the campaign where the two people on this podcast and everyone, the other ones that are on um, Stranger Damies can pepper me with questions that they have unanswered um, or branching paths or things like that. Um, the only thing I will not mention is the uh, anything, uh, any of the moments going forward that have not been resolved yet especially the end of the next episode just as a mm-hmm. tease for you guys to listen um that stuff is off limits because it's not complete yet and we may come back as a one shot or a maybe do the epic level 15 through 20 of the campaign um and uh all that and then uh the first or second week in january uh depending on when we decide to actually do episode one um will be me setting up the world uh for campaign two um just probably a brief five ten minute thing of me just uh setting up um the world they'll be um going into um i'll probably have that um just for this doesn't really have to do with the audience but just for um you two here you may get the recording of that way beforehand so um just to help you guys out um for any planning sessions forward um uh and our other podcast is they call this a movie um, you can follow that by searching They Call This a Movie. It's our movie podcast. airs every Thursday. Um, and the Instagram and Twitter for that is at the main Damie. And um, yeah, yeah, that's about all. I'm sure uh, uh, Jen is plenty to say about our streaming. Yep. So um, as we mentioned before, twi- Twitter is always going to be the, you know, yes. <laughs> I always get Twitter and Twitch confused in my head. Um, so Twitter is always the best place to go if you want to find out either what we're playing for Retro Roulette, our podcast schedule, and then what we're doing with our streams, what we're playing and when we're playing. Sometimes things change or we add new stuff like Tom's new uh, Den stream every Monday or every other Monday. So um, as you're listening to this, it is Monday, hopefully, which means tonight is going to be a Retro Roulette stream where Tom is going to play through Castlevania 2. So definitely want to check that out. Normally it's around 9 p.m. Eastern time, but... Just, again, checking with the Twitter just to make sure that you're tuning in at the right time to catch us live. Uh, Tuesdays are usually a day off for us. So then Wednesday will bring us to Warzone Wednesday, where the three of us jump on Call of Duty Warzone. And we own some noobs in Plunder. (laughs) And we definitely don't play the new map because that's too difficult. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then Wednesday is the Awesome Trails Thursday with Mark and I in the chat. And Mark plays through Trails in the Sky it is getting intense. That's all I'm going to say. If, if you guys, even if you tuned in now, just the amount of action and like story stuff that we're uncovering, it's pretty crazy. So that's getting really good. Um, and then Fridays and Saturdays alternate depending on when we record this podcast. So um, this Saturday coming up for you guys will be Saturday Scream Stream. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It'll be Friday Fright Fest. I don't even know what's going on. It'll be Friday <laughs> Fright Fest where I play with Mark. We play Dead by Daylight. Um, and then, um, alternating with Saturday, that'll be scream stream. Same thing. We jump on and play dead by daylight. And then Sunday is kind of a grab bag, although it has been slasher Sunday recently where, um, my husband, Dan, and then Mark and I jump on dead by daylight again and get our butts kicked. Uh, so that's always a fun time. But like I said, again, just check us out on Twitter. That'll be the best place to know what we're doing with the podcast and the streams. Awesome. Thank you, Jen. And last but not least, I'm going to mention we are an affiliate of Stone Age Gamer. And right now they're having a large sale going on. And if you use our link that's in the description, 
It gives us a little kickback anytime you buy something. Uh, makes doing these podcasts easier. It makes them better eventually <laughs> once once we get a, a little kickback from it. So uh, any little bit helps. So feel free to do that. Sub to us on Twitch. Uh, anything you can do. Retweets. They're it all. It's all good. So we have a lot of stuff coming up. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, this will probably be the last. Is this going to be our last episode before Christmas? Yes. Yes. So Merry Christmas. <laughs> I hope you guys. I hope you guys enjoy your holiday. Uh, stay safe out there. Don't uh, don't put anybody in any extra danger than you already have to. Uh, and we will uh, hopefully see you all in the new year. And for Mark and Jenny, I'm Tom, and we'll catch you guys in the next one. <laughs>